Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, if you want to donate, if you donate $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and From John to Justin, and on social media. If you donate $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by you with your name at the start. It's also stated it's sponsored by you on social media. If you donate $20, you get everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And if you donate $50, you get everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. You can also donate at buymeacupofcoffee slash craigu, and all of these links will be in my show notes. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to Bairdo37. And if you like, you can find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash canadianhistoryx. You can also find transcripts of every episode I've ever done on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. When the 9th Earl of Bessborough arrived in Canada in 1931, the country was in the grips of the Great Depression. It was a time of hardship for the country, economic strife, and a changing landscape thanks to the spread of radio. Today I am looking at Vere Brabazon Ponsonby, who served as our 14th Governor General. Throughout this episode, I'll refer to him as Bespero. Bespero was born on October 27, 1880 in London as the first son to Edward, the 8th Earl of Bespero, and his wife Blanche. His mother's father was Sir Josiah Guest, who was the great-uncle of Sir Winston Churchill. The family was said to have been founded by John Ponsonby of Cumberland, and the family moved to Ireland, where Sir John Ponsonby was the sheriff of Wicklow in Kilkenny counties in 1654. William Ponsonby became the first Baron Bessborough of Ireland in 1721. General Sir Henry Frederick Ponsonby was the private secretary to Her Majesty's Purse to Queen Victoria from 1878 to his death in 1895. It was said of his ancestors, quote, Lord Bessborough's ancestors drew a bow at Hastings and rode with Cornwell's horse in the days of the Roundheads. End quote. As a young man, Bessborough attended Harrow School before going on to Trinity College at Cambridge in 1898, where he graduated in 1901. In 1903, Bessborough began a career in law when he was called to the bar. Like other governors general before him, he would enter politics in 1907, winning a seat at the London County Council. He would remain in the post for 10 years until he was elected to the House of Commons. On June 25, 1912, he married Roberta de Nuflis. Together, they would have four children, one of which, George, was born in Canada and was given the middle name of St. Lawrence. I'll talk a bit about him later. When the First World War began, Bessborough joined the army with a commission as a second lieutenant. He would eventually reach the rank of acting major and took part in several battles including Gallipoli. During the war, he would be mentioned in dispatches, earn the Legion of Honor, the Order of the Redeemer, and be named a companion of the Order of St. Michael and St. George. On December 1, 1920, his father died and Bessborough was forced to leave the House of Commons and join the House of Lords. At the time, he was the director of about 20 companies in England. 
In early 1931, the announcement came that Bessborough would be the new Governor General of Canada. This greatly surprised him as he did not think he was in the talks to take the post. He had been recommended by Prime Minister R.B. Bennett and British Prime Minister Ramsay MacDonald. King George V accepted this and Bessborough became the first businessman to be appointed as the Governor General. As his wife was from Paris and the daughter of a Paris baron, the appointment was also looked upon favorably by French Canadians in Canada. Opposition leader William Lyne Mackenzie King was happy with the appointment, calling it a good appointment. King also wrote in his diary that it was made without consultation with the British government. He would write, quote, An Irish gentleman, I hope with a wife who apparently is charming and beautiful and has great wealth, we shall be in for a social regime that will strengthen Toryism in Canada, but the people will win notwithstanding, end quote. In his public statement, King said, quote, His Majesty the King has been graciously pleased to approve the appointment of the Earl of Bessborough as Governor-General of the Dominion of Canada. End quote. Upon arriving in Canada, there was a hiccup when someone forgot to have the flag flying at Parliament buildings, but the couple still received a great welcome from residents and officials. On April 4, 1931, Bessborough would be sworn in as the Governor-General of Canada. Many at the capitals, citizens have turned out to greet their excellencies. When I first came to Ottawa uh, 25 years ago, uh, I came as a very young man. Uh, now I return, after all these years, uh, with uh, my family, Lady Besbra, my son Lord Duncannon, and my daughter, Lady Moira Punstonville. I'm very glad to renew my acquaintance with the Canadian people, not having been here for so many years. King would write in his diary, quote, Bennett introduced me and I said to His Excellency, personally and on behalf of the opposition in Parliament, may I extend the heartiest of welcomes to Your Excellency. I was favorably impressed with him. He is the first Governor General I have known who has been younger in years than myself, end quote. The Countess of Bessborough arrived wearing a black fur coat and was described by the Ottawa citizen as, quote, tall, slim, a perfect type of brunette, and her personality, of which so much has been written, was reflected in the very friendly smile with which she greeted those who met her, end quote. The Governor-General was described as, quote, a striking and handsome figure, attired in the uniform of the Imperial Privy Councillors, he looked the picture of health. He is well over six feet, erect, and soldierly in his bearing, end quote. After being greeted by Prime Minister R.B. Bennett, the Governor-General and his wife were welcomed by Mildred Bennett, the sister of the Prime Minister. Bessborough in his speech stated, quote, It is very gratifying to Lady Bessborough and myself to be welcomed at the end of a long journey, in terms so cordial as those of the address to which we have just listened. Both of us, I can assure you, are looking forward eagerly to seeing your beautiful city, not merely because it is the capital and seat of the Government of the Dominion, but also because it will be, from today, the home in which we hope to spend our happy years. End quote. Nineteen guns then fired a salute to the Governor General, and the Governor General inspected the Guard of Honor, consisting of 110 blue jackets from the Royal Canadian Navy. Throughout the city, the streets were draped with flags, and arches marked the route towards Government House. 
Soon after arriving on August 17, 1931, Lady Bessborough gave birth to a son at the Royal Victoria Montreal Maternity Hospital. The Montreal Gazette reported, quote, A son was born to Her Excellency, Lady Bessborough, at the Royal Victoria Montreal Maternity Hospital this morning. Both mother and son are doing well, and Her Excellency's condition gives no cause for anxiety, end quote. His godfather would be the king himself, and one year later, the new baby was reviewing the guard, at least with his mother. The Ottawa citizen reported, quote, Under a striped awning, the Governor-General was accompanied by the Countess of Bessborough and attended by the Prime Minister of Canada and a brilliant staff. Baby Bessborough sat in a deep English baby carrier, shaded from the sun by the beige canopy of the carriage. Baby Bessborough fixed his large, bright eyes on the gay scarlet coats, end quote. Sadly, the son would live to the age of 19 before he died in 1951 in a car accident in Germany while he was serving in the army. Throughout his time as Governor General, Bessborough traveled the country and saw the impact of the Great Depression and what it was having on Canadians. He would say in a speech, quote, There is nothing more encouraging and cheering than the calm, steady way Canadians have pursued their daily tasks during this difficult period with supreme faith in the destiny of their country, end quote. Due to what he saw, he would give up 10% of his salary. He would also support the Employment Service Plan, congratulating cities who had implemented the plan. He would say, quote, I am not inaugurating a new idea, nor am I making an appeal, but I think and hope that this spirit of friendliness has become part of us, end quote. While out west, he would also visit southern Alberta, where he was made an honorary chief of the Blood Nation of Indigenous and given the name of Amina, which means the Great Chief. As Governor-General, his installation ceremony would be broadcast by radio for the first time. He would also inaugurate the first Trans-Canada telephone line by calling each lieutenant governor in the country. He also had a direct telephone line installed in his office that went straight to Prime Minister R.B. Bennett. In bitterly cold weather at Ottawa, a military parade marks the opening of the Canadian Parliament. Exceptional interest attaches to the new session, which promises to be a brief and stormy one. Mr. Bennett's New Deal commits the Conservative Party to a program of radical reforms which are meeting with considerable opposition from many of the older members of his party. Lord Besborough, the Governor-General, arrives with an escort of a detachment of Princess Louise Dragoons. He would sign the Act to create the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and he would be the first viceroy to fly the new standard that was dedicated to his office. This new standard was created after it was decided that the Governor-General represented the British Crown, not the British Parliament. In a tradition that continues to this day, it is flown at other locations for official ceremonies and at Rideau Hall when the Governor-General is home. He would also open the Welland Canal. Here you see Lord Bessborough, hat in hand, followed by Mr. Bennett, the Premier of Canada, in a light grey suit. Then follow the Empire Statesman, headed by Mr. Baldwin, who delivers an address, after which the Welland Ship Canal is declared open by the Governor-General. And now today, we find that your great country is the link between East and West, between Europe and Japan and China, and we find that your waterways have now thrust themselves into the heart of your great continent. I hereby declare 
the Welland Ship Canal officially open to the commerce of the world. Whenever Bessborough and his wife went anywhere, they were often greeted with huge crowds. On October 23, 1933, at a gala in Simcoe, Ontario, thousands of people lined the streets as the Viceregal Party passed through during a two-hour stay in the community. The Brantford newspaper stated, quote, The town was gay with bunting, with practically every home flag decked, and the merchants and other proprietors of downtown business establishments vying with another in their patriotic displays. End quote. Vancouver fell in love with Lady Bessborough, with the Vancouver Sun writing, quote, Glowing accounts of her regal beauty and gracious charm have been told and retold since the Countess Bessborough first set foot on Canadian soil. One noted her smart attire, but eyes only paused a moment for sartorial impression before being drawn by the friendliness of smile and greeted that lighted the face of the Governor's General Consort, end quote. During a visit to Vancouver for the exhibition, 1,000 people lined the streets, and Bespero and Lady Bespero shook hands with most of them between 9 and 9.30 p.m. Of course, while Bespero was well-liked, he could also be known to have a quick temper that limited his interactions with Canadians. In one case in 1934, Bespero arrived for a visit in Toronto, and finding no one to receive him, publicly reprimanded the mayor of the city. It would be said years later, quote, the incident led to his being made a target of more outspoken press criticism than any of his recent predecessors had incurred, and, since he had a high sense of duty, he was deeply distressed by it. End quote. This would push him to change his ways, though, as few people came to his defense. It is stated, quote, Consequently, he succeeded in retaining a considerable measure of goodwill. End quote. Excellency, the Governor-General of Canada, who holds the title of Visitor to the University, is making his first official visit. Sir Arthur Curry, the Principal and Vice-Chancellor, accompanies him. 500 students from all parts of the world who studied at McGill University graduate today and are now proceeding to convocation to receive their degrees. Vesper would also launch a campaign to increase membership in the Scouts, create the Dominion Drama Festival, and award the Bessborough Trophy, which is given to the best amateur theatre company in the country. The Calgary Herald reported on the family's love of acting, stating, quote, Another form of amusement that Lady Bessborough loves is amateur acting. With her husband and her two children, Lord Duncannon and Lady Moira Possenby, he has appeared in many Shakespearean plays and in several modern psychological plays like Outward Bound and The Rising Generation. She excels in creating costumes for their parts, while Lord Bessborough is an accomplished scene painter. End quote. 
His time as Governor General would come to an end on November 2, 1935, just as William Lyne Mackenzie King regained the office of Prime Minister. The Governor General ended his time in Canada early due to the health of his wife, as it was felt another winter in the country would not be good for her. As the family left Canada, they were escorted by the Princess Louise Dragoon Guards, and a 19-gun salute took place to honour the family for their time in Canada. During the Second World War, he would establish a department of the British Foreign Office that was dedicated to the welfare of French refugees in the United Kingdom. And he would still have connections with Canada and often attended Dominion Day receptions at Canada House in London. In 1956, he returned to Canada to visit the first Canadian-born Governor-General, Vincent Massey. One year later, on March 10, 1956, he died in his estate. He had been ill for three months before he died. Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent would say he was, quote, a man of great distinction who always manifested keen interest in the progress and development of Canada and all its institutions, end quote. George Drew, the leader of the opposition, stated, quote, both he and Lady Besborough at all times did everything they could for Canadians who were in England, end quote. Today, two schools in Alberta and New Brunswick are named for him, as is an armory in Vancouver. And I will end this episode with what the London Times said of Bessborough upon his death, stating, quote, Although he will not rank in Canadian history among the great holders of the office, he discharged his duties with energy, end quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Lord Bessborough. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Wendy Mills, Keelan Pregnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Library and Archives Canada, Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's Governor General of Canada, Wikipedia, Edmonton Journal, Ottawa Citizen, Montreal Gazette, Vancouver Sun, and the Victoria Times Colonist. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.